When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, it's Friday. Yeah. Happy Friday. It's much nicer today Beautiful than day. it was yeah. yesterday. That means the lantern flies are out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I got 17 hiding. today on the parking lot from the walk-in from the parking lot into That's the studio. That's a pretty strong. I was happy I got three in one step. That was without, that was like, um, again, yeah, I might have, if, if somebody was just watching me from afar, they might have thought, that guy's drunk. Yeah, I'll be moving, swaying a little. A little bit, but, I, but that was just hunting. walking pretty much a straight line and just, I mean, they're everywhere. Oh, they were everywhere today, yeah. And then they were they're, attacking. I, I would say, they're fighting back. I, I <laughs> I got three in one step. I was happy about that. I didn't count, but I was probably under 17. Come in, as always, go to the urinal. And I thought you were tickling me, like, behind the, my neck. And that, I that comes later. A, <laughs> like, somebody it snuck up on me. It had to be Dale. And I swat him, and there he goes flying. And he found another dead guy. There was two of them by the sink. It killed him with his friend. Yeah, maybe that was the it. whole idea. He wanted to come in and find the friend. It was, he was, an, it was for a, buddy. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like a, a, a infiltration. Mm-hmm. Had to get in there and try to it's save. It's quite him. the graveyard walking in here, though. Oof. And but there's more alive than dead lately. Well, today there was. So Matt, we. Yeah. Uh, I was about thinking that? about this today. So the Detroit Lions won last night. They are now. Mm-hmm. They've now won 11 of their last 14 games. Yeah, they got hot about the same time the Steelers did. Well, and that, that's what brings me to that. So if the Steelers win on Sunday against the Houston Texans, they'll have won 10 of their last 13. Okay, very similar, very similar, yeah. And yet nobody nationally, like, there was some buzz in the offseason, not to the level that there was for Detroit. No, not even close. 10 out of 13, I don't care who you're playing in the mm-hmm. NFL. No, it doesn't matter. 10 yeah. out of 13 is 10 out of 13. 10 that's out of a 13. pretty good stretch. That's a large portion of a regular season. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like on pace to win 13, 14 games. Yeah, if the you know? Steelers, uh, after 13 weeks this season, or 14 weeks including the bye, were 10 and 3, I think everybody would be happy about that. Absolutely. And there has been more buzz. I think some of it's the nature of their head coach and the fact that the organizations couldn't be any more different historically in terms of win percentage and success. And their division's much more winnable. It's a lot easier pick the Lions in the preseason polls to win their North as opposed to the other way around. But no, I'm with you. And... Frankly, I, I sold the Lions short. I know this isn't a Lions, you know, conversation, but they're better than I thought. They're pretty solid, and they dominated both lines of scrimmage last night. Yeah, that yeah. was, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the thing that gets lost in today's NFL is that defense still wins games. Sure, absolutely. Like you, you, it's it's hey, it looks great when Miami goes out there and, and puts up, you know, seven hundred mm-hmm. yards and seventy points, and everybody gets gets excited and talks about it. Oh, the week great, before yeah. that against New England, they had, I think, 379 yards, and they scored 24 points. Mm-hmm. The game was there, and it was a 24-17 game. The game was there for New England to win. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They weren't pulling away from New England in that fa- fashion. New England's defense played a 1,000 times better than Denver's. I mean, no question about it. But I, all I heard all this offseason, well, you, you you can't run the ball and play defense and win in the NFL. The Lions are running the ball and playing defense mm-hmm. and winning in the NFL. Yeah, their defense the is Steelers are vastly improved. Yeah. yeah, and they have a really good O-line, and uh, I thought they were skill position short 
I don't think they are. You know, Laporte has come on well, and you can find those guys. You can't find linemen easily. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, it's the, the league is tilted towards offense, mm-hmm. but you can still play good defense, run the ball, and be very effective. And be in, very effective yeah. and win football games. And like you said, you won, what, 10 out of 13 if they win this 10 week. 10 out of 13 if they win this week. Yeah, and I think they're going to. Even if they lose this week, it's still 9 out of 13. Still, it's still pretty of, darn good. It's still well over 500, yeah. <laughs> um, you take that. Uh, and was it, 8 of Kenny's last 10 starts? Yeah, and it'll be nine it'll out of be eleven, 11 if, he if he wins. Okay, that's already. I mean, again, that's that's hard to do. Yeah, I don't care what the stats you are. You can pick the ten easiest games in the league. If you win eight of them, that's hard to do. Yeah, for the Chiefs, um, for anybody. Mike Tomlin against rookie quarterbacks. Mm, that's another good one. Twenty-four and four. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like the Monday night thing. It's, like it's overwhelming. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, it's kind of fluky. No, no, that's no, no it's not, about not all that fluky. No. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, I think most, like, if, even if you went to Peyton, Harbaugh, Carroll, let well, alone Belichick. Well, everybody says Bel- well, Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, when, I don't know that it's that. I, I'm, I'm so kind of was going to say, like, I'm sure it's not that extreme for all those dudes. But if you're in the league long enough as a head coach, that means, first of all, you're a good you're head good, coach. Yeah. And second of all, you've played a lot of rookie quarterbacks. That probably got Belichick's drafted. 21 and 6. And, no, and it says yeah. here, Bill Belichick's Patriots teams are an astonishing twenty-one and six against rookie quarterbacks. Ain't twenty-four and four. That's not as good, no <laughs> doubt. But again, if you've been around the league a long time, you probably have a winning record against rookie quarterbacks because they get thrust into Trevor Lawrence rookie year dysfunctional madness, and you should win that game because the good ones get picked high. But to have an overwhelming record like these guys do, where you're winning. What eighty percent or something like that? I mean, it's not sixty percent. Yeah, I'm sure that they know how, not only confuse but to make the game faster for young quarterbacks. Like Kenny's going through some of that. I mean, it's not even a rookie thing. Like, yeah, processing speed and when, I think when to go, people, when not to. You yeah, know? people forget about him. Is that he? While he started last year, he mm-hmm. didn't start the entire year. Mm-mm. So he's not even got a full season of starts under his still belt on yet. his rookie year, basically. Yeah. in terms of number of starts, it's an extended rookie year, and he had the off season to kind of take a step back and assess. Mm-hmm. But it's still very new to him in the yeah. NFL. The off season is very valuable in that conversation, yeah. without question. He he added some weight. He got stronger. He watched a lot of tape. Didn't have to worry about running forties and jumping verticals and nonsense. But like while that. you're doing that, the rest of the league is also studying you. Sure. What do you think the Ravens D coordinator was up to? <laughs> yeah. Let's figure out this new kid. Let's you watch know? Uh, all, all of Kenny Pickett's starts last year. Sure. You know, like Ritter had that and he doesn't look any better. Yeah. You know? I asked I actually asked Terrell Austin that um yesterday. Uh, I said, is three games enough to evaluate a rookie quarterback and to, as to what he can and can't do? Mm-hmm. He says, No, it's not I mean, that's not enough. I wonder, I know how this works like in the free agency world. Like, you build a report on C.J. Stroud starting with your college scouts, the dudes that walk into Ohio State. In this situation, does it behoove him as a defensive staff to even read those or care? It seems like 100 million years ago, and circumstances are different. Yeah, different. different. I mean, I'm sure you, you look at it. Maybe. He really, yeah, you know, right. he really throws the out well, or he really throws this pass mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. But he was playing with guys at Ohio State that were so much better than the guys they were playing I was against. Saying, it couldn't have been any different, yeah. let alone the speed of the game that every team. I, I, I doubt there's much to glean from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, though, because a slight advantage I think the Texans have is they're new. 
You know, yeah. like you just don't quite know their tendencies. New head coach, new offensive yeah, coordinator, yeah. new defensive coordinator. How Defensively, they, you kind of know what they are. They're very vanilla. Yeah. I mean, they're very execution-based. But you don't know, does he love going forward on fourth downs? Right. Is he a surprise onside guy? You know, is he heavy in, you know, fake punts or whatever? You and, know? and there's a lot of that with new head coaches. If you sure. think back – um, you know, to Bill Cowher's first year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, surprise onside kick, uh, I think in Houston, and mm-hmm. they, you know, uh, things like that. that oh, yeah. You don't know. You're not sure. Yeah. It's not Harbaugh versus, you know, Tom. Yeah. Where they've gone, you know, they've banged heads 25 times, mm-hmm. and then you have to look at, you know, the game plan is, well, let's bring up the game plan from four years ago mm-hmm. this time and see if that one works. And, and even, I'm thinking like, you know, late, late in the game, like, He's going to run behind Stanley here, and then yeah. he's trotting out Tucker. You yeah. know, I mean, like I know well, it's, it's coming. It's you know? fourth and one at the forty-five. He's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I that makes me then coach differently. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I know what he knows and all that. So I do think some of that helps Houston slightly. They don't have as good of players, but it is probably not an easy team to prepare for in terms of boy, we have all this data on. You know, it's funny. Uh, Demeco Ryan's um, spoke to the media here. Not every coach does this. That used to be common. It used right? to be every week. Yeah. Now it's a situation where if if you request, like let's say the Pittsburgh media had requested Demeco Ryan's, mm-hmm. and he said no, then the Steelers then aren't obligated to make Mike Tomlin available to the Houston media. But what if Ryan says yes? You have. If to Ryan that. says yes, then you're spo- you're supposed to, okay, you know, do the same. But he did this week, and I think he volunteered to do it. Uh, a because JJ Watts being honored before the game. Mm, yeah, I keep forgetting about that connection. Cool. B because he has great a great deal of respect for Mike Tomlin. He was talking about oh, Tomlin how he's no, like he knew him as when he was a player. He remembers Tomlin, you know, sitting down with Tomlin uh, through the draft process. Like he was coming out of Bama. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. I mean, okay, yeah. He says I just had, a long time. He yeah. said Mike Tomlin's what I, I what I want to be as a head coach. That's cool. So I'll do. Steeler media as many favors as you want, or I'll go out of my way this particular week because who your head guy is. Yeah, interesting. That's cool. And you see that with a lot of. I mean, there's a there's a segment of Steeler fans who don't think Mike Tomlin could coach his way out of a, a wet paper I know, bag. It's nuts. Um, the I, respect you see around the league, especially behind the scenes, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is extremely well respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, and frankly, in especially circles. in the African American coaching ranks, yeah, right, without question. Let I mean, alone, right. yeah, I mean, ju- just on that. But then it goes beyond that, well, way further. Way, you know, way, it doesn't further. matter if right. he was purple, blue, whatever. <laughs> of course, people consider him a good football coach because in football he's circles. Tremendous, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean, he's on the, um, the what you would call it committee, the, the rules committee, and things like that. Like those aren't those are honors, you know, yeah. those are earned. Yeah, um, it's it but you, you know the so you, you hear things like that and it, it just reinforces what i believe that he's a good good football coach I, I don't understand i mean i get it you want more playoff wins all that stuff can can we not perhaps admit that at times there have been a extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. why they didn't win in the playoffs sure ab's out ben's you know banged up whatever it may be and also maybe just maybe a couple of those Steeler teams over the years, like the the old from between like 2011, 2010, 2011, and 2015 or 16, 
The Steelers, they lose they lose all these games to teams they should beat. Well, that's a misnomer. Maybe they shouldn't have been beating a lot of those teams because maybe the head coach was just doing a hell of a job taking a team that at that point was in transition and, and somewhat mediocre right, right, right. and winning games they shouldn't have won. This is a 4 out of 10 <laughs> roster that everyone thinks is a 7 out of 10 because they win 10 games a year yeah. because the head coach is good. So maybe we've overinflated that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. gone the other way with that. Uh, so, you know, because you, you hear it time and again. Well, Mike, you, you know Mike Tomlin's, you know, he's got to get a winning record out of this team or that team or that team because that's what he does. Now, See, I happen to think this roster is more talented. Than just accepting a winning record. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yes. But, I don't know. say, three years ago when you didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, was it a talented team? No. No, no not at all, <laughs> especially the you know, major spots. And frankly, the end of career Ben wasn't the beginning of career Ben. Right. And, and rookie Pickett hopefully is not as good as future Pickett. You know what I mean? Like quarterback situation over the last four years, going back to the Duck Mason year, is one of the worst in the league. I mean, it's certainly not Lamar, Burrow, you, right. know, you know, some of the uh, Brady. At the I, end, I just hear, know. again, and, and to your point with that, you hear people talking out of both sides of their mouth with that. Mm-hmm. Well, the Steelers have the fourth worst quarterback situation in the AFC North. Okay. okay, if that's the case, then why are you killing Tomlin? Then why don't we just accept that they're going to be fourth in the division? Right. You know what I mean? You don't do that because you have Tomlin. The thing that bothers <laughs> me the most, and it, I've heard it more this year than ever, is ha, 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 he's got, he has a winning record. Like, that means anything in yeah. that many years in a row. I'm like, yeah, it means something. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do, to not have a crap-ass year? One? You know I mean? like The first, the, the first the time he off? went 5 and uh, five and 12 the screams to have him fired would be... Oh, they'd go bonkers, yeah. right. You know, like, Shanahan's tremendous, but he earned the second pick to take Nick Bosa. He's had two losing seasons in the last four. Yeah, and they're bad ones. They're bad, like yeah. early ones. Three I mean, or four win seasons. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy was hurt all year, blah, 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 you know? And, and everybody excuses it because he's a great offensive mind. He is a great offensive mind, but consistency is really hard to do in this it's league. It's extremely hard to do. And when, yeah. you, when you do that, put together the winning seasons that long... Might you stub your toe at times? Yes. Of course. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times has Belichick been a huge favorite in a game and lost it? Mm-hmm. It's happened over the years. Dallas has lost Arizona. Dallas I mean, like, just yeah, exactly. happens every week it happens. in the league. But how many times have the Steelers won games that they m- probably shouldn't have yeah, yeah. because they have Mike Tomlin on the I think much sidelines? more so than the other way around. I would agree. And that's how you end up winning records. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, it's, it's, it, people th- take things for granted, including this upcoming game. Oh, you're gonna win that game. Oh, you got no chance in that one. It's the NFL. That's not the way the league it's works. It's the NFL. If you don't show up, if you play as the Steelers, you play a C minus or a D game. You play the Jags game from week three. You're gonna lose these guys. That's what the yeah. the Jaguars last week played this, not the same game, but at the same level as the Steelers played in week one. Oh yeah. yeah. Against I mean, the, the only difference was ugly. yeah, the the Steelers were playing the 49ers mm-hmm. and the and the Jaguars were playing the Texans. Yeah, if the Jags played like that against the Niners, they'd have lost by forty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been blowout. Might have been more than that yeah, if you I mean, start giving them special time. special yeah. teams touchdowns and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's bad. No pass rush. Right. <laughs> so again, not taking any away from Houston, they can beat you if you screw oh, up. Oh yeah, I they're mean, an they're, NFL team. Yeah, the and best NFL team is still, or the worst NFL team is still an NFL team. And there's a lot of enthusiasm and optimism, I'm sure, in that building right now. I mean, especially consider the dark cloud that was the. End of O'Brien, then into the Watson saga, and then they had two off seasons where they just brought in like 30 
league av- or not even league average, you know, league minimum free yeah. agents and like we're going to play with these guys. Like, oh, you know, I just now, wonder, yeah. you know, with a young team like that, with a young nucleus, mm-hmm. um, if getting that first win, if that wasn't kind of a goalpost game for them. Oh, I'm sure. Because I saw that sure. I saw the general manager outside their locker room high fiving guys and hugging them as yeah. they were walking yeah. in, like they had just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And I get it; they beat bad. the Jaguars on their field. Yeah, is are they in for a letdown this week? No, oh, that's in a way Appalachian State's going to Michigan. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're again. I think they're a year away from a year away. Yeah, but they're not going to go one and sixteen this year. No, they're, they're not. Some other no. teams. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So maybe this week. Yeah, don't let it be you. We're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tangor Outlets, or visit them online at shop.steelers.com. Lots of good stuff there on that. And, uh, well, Matt, you win this game, and maybe you sell a little bit more of that stuff. I'm wondering... So off for last week's game. We were having the conversation uh, in the uh, media room this week <laughs> about what we think the crowd is going to look like mm, for I this have no game. Clue. And and Jerry Dulek said, "Well, I think everybody's you know if the Steeler fans are going to go to games. They're going to pick the games in Las Vegas and Los Angeles." And I'm like, "I don't know about L.A. Vegas, I get yeah. L.A. Uh, I said Houston's a much easier place to get to for many of the Steeler fans." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't been a true and fan are for a long time. Yeah, that's a good point. But I would think Vegas is far and away top. Vegas. Of I mean, I expected. I expected that in Vegas. There was. So, do you think the fact that a lot of the quote traveling Steeler fans did that last week that they won't do it this week? Yeah, or I mean, that's the so thing. Many you out know, if there you. That- doesn't matter because you know the ticket prices for that game in in Vegas were like five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred bucks. Yeah, it wasn't cheap to, to get there. Or stay there once you probably missed the days. Once work, that game, Friday yeah. or Monday. Either, once that game know. was announced, it was a, de- yeah, a yeah. destination. Yeah, yeah. Where so, this one I can't imagine is, but I'm just still, it's not looking that hard here to get to. on uh, ESPN here with the tickets. They usually tell you what they cost. Yeah. Well, Steeler fans, tickets are going for as low as eighty-two dollars for this one. So mm. for a Steeler game, that's a pretty good price. That's a pretty good price. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can you can get this game. Uh, let's see what the so you can get to the Atlanta Jacksonville game in London. 24 bucks if you can get there first. Once you're there, just yeah. get in the door. Uh, the Buffalo-Miami game, 100, 187 bucks. Uh, $96 for Chicago-Denver. $67 for Cleveland-Baltimore. That's kind of surprising. Hmm. We got the Sean Watson news on that, too. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee-Cincinnati is $56. Los Angeles-Chargers, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Rams at Indianapolis is 41 bucks. Hmm. Take a drive out there. And you seem like you always get there cheap. Uh, fifty-seven dollars for Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Hundred and ninety-one dollars for Washington at Philadelphia. Wow, that's the priciest one yet. That's the priciest I would one think yet. Bill's in fact, that is the priciest one of the week. I uh, wonder if it's because it's the cities are so close. You get two fan bases probably, trying yeah. to get in there. Yeah. So eighty-two dollars for Steelers at Houston. That's not bad. So what's your guess on like percentage of black and gold in the stands? I'm going to say forty percent. Wow, I was going to say like twenty, which I think is pretty decent representation. I've done this a long time. Forty yeah. percent is just maybe a slightly above average. Yeah, okay. So like, <laughs> when you go like, south, 
Okay, if it's New England or yeah. the Jets or anything like Minnesota. anything south of of well, that makes sense. It's Nashville, like coldish weather. City. Yeah, you know, you don't want to go. And, and so much of it are the are the, the Pittsburgh fans who've who've migrated out migrated out of yeah. So I, I assume there's a lot of Steeler fans in Texas. I would imagine it's also much closer to to Mexico where there's a huge there's contingent a huge group, of right. Steeler fans as well. So I expect it to be pretty uh, pretty heavily. Attended. When, when I didn't realize that Me- like the country of Mexico's favorite team, I think is the Steelers. If not, they're like top two or three. They're top. Th- they're definitely top two or three. Yeah. And I I asked some people. I'm like, why is that? They're like, because the 70s. I'm yeah. Like, really? I mean, that, that was a long time ago. There's a lot of <laughs> generations of Mexican folks that didn't watch Joe Green. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, that's why the Steelers. Uh, you know, one of their international areas mm-hmm. um, is Mexico. Yeah, they've got uh, a huge contingent. Yeah, in fact, uh, the Steelers just had a watch party in Mexico last, last week, weekend. Right? Okay, yeah, and it was—I mean—they sent highly attended former players there. Yeah. They had a big, you know, big to do with it, and you know, it was—it was a great time. Hmm. Their games are broadcast in Spanish. In I would Mexico. assume Dallas was the team you liked, or, you know, just something closer. I think that's—I think that's. I'm sure they're another of the teams. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the Raiders are popular down there, 70s. but yeah, yeah, so. Huh, okay. I don't know if it, it did take that long for the games to get down there. I, I don't think so. Yeah, right, but right. No, Mexico, <laughs> they, um, they they love their Steelers, and you know, thank cool. goodness for that. Yeah, I, mean, I know Ireland is massive. but That's the other international yeah, We have a lot of listeners from all over the world. We have Australia and, you know, right. We appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it is cool. So, again, $82 for the Steeler mm-hmm. game. That's pretty cheap. I'll you 40%. I'll be impressed. I mean, they'll be allowed 40%. Prepare to uh, be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never there, so it's always hard to tell on TV. And they, every, every the fun, you know, the funny thing it, about but... it is, is so the, the Steeler fans always seem to get in there early, okay, to watch warmups. So they're real loud off the start, as in as the, the hey Kenny, blah, blah, yeah. Well, the, and so you can see the pockets all over the and they twirl their uh, towels, okay. And this, as, as both teams come out to get warmed up, different position groups will come out together, and so uh, you see the Steelers come out sure, on the field. Yeah, yeah. Hey! Right, right, right. And then the other team TJ comes and out, and, and yeah. their running backs come running out on the field, and it's boo! <laughs> like that's going to be so demoralizing. The Houston fans aren't even in there yet. <laughs> I would imagine because they're mean, all at their, at their, ta- their regular tailgates. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I would just, again, I haven't thought like a fan in a while. But if I'm in Houston, I don't have a tailgate set up with all my buddies quite the way. I mean, sure, you go to local watering holes and get a sandwich or you know whatever, but it's not the same as I'll, I have my routine. Got the yeah. pregame show on the SUV or, you know, the, the RV, and, you know, I'll go in at 12.52. I know exactly yeah, when right. they go in, and I can make it there because yep. I've done it a hundred times. Every week, yeah. yeah, nine times a year or whatever. Yeah, they cool. get there early, and it's, you know, so— and, They probably and, see the new stadium, too. And, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, so— uh, Well, it's represent, all, folks. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, so one of the issues— And with, they stay late, too. Like, if they're yeah. running late, they're all the home fans are— Trickling out of there. Right. Yeah, they're down by on the railing, uh, you mm-hmm. know, yelling for players. Um, one of the interesting things about that, though, is that it makes communication on defense a little more difficult because for the Steelers, for the Steelers, because yeah, yeah. you know the the the, the it's like a home game. Yeah, it's like a home game, and so when the opposing offense is on the field, nobody like, thinks of it through that light. There were chan- there were actual chance of defense last week. In Las Vegas. When Jimmy's snapping the ball. When Jimmy's snapping the ball. Yeah. An audible sound. Like, you could hear it. <laughs> That's great. But nobody thinks about that. Like, on the road, 
if you're it's supposed the green to be easy. Guy, yeah, it should be easy for you on defense, but it probably isn't. Like I, I forget exactly what it was, what they said, but you relayed the story, and this was years ago, obviously. But the COVID year when there was no one in the stands, I'm, I think you interviewed Cam Hayward or a bunch of you yeah. guys did, and he said something along the lines of. We could kind of like hear them talking in the huddle. <laughs> you know, it was like playground. You hear all, you hear all the checks. Yeah. You hear you everything hear, that's going on. You're so used to not hearing yeah. that, wow, it was a different game just from that perspective. Like to the, one corner could probably yell to the other corner. Yeah. To that point, Matt, we've got a couple of guys, one on each side of this this year, mm-hmm. who changed teams late in the process. Oh, yeah. The Steelers, yeah. the Steelers trade Green. Ken, Kendrick Green to the Texans. Mm-hmm. The Steelers then sign after he's released Desmond King mm-hmm. from the Houston. Texans. Yeah. D- does that give either team an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there do they cancel each other out or is there one team that gets a greater advantage? Because hmm. I already I asked Kenny Pickett that I said uh, when we spoke to him on Wednesday I'm like have you been picking Desmond King's brain this week and he goes yeah we've talked I'm sure um, you could my uh, hunch is yeah. the Texans have a bigger advantage. Not because Green's smarter than King or any of like that. It's just the defense that King came from just doesn't throw much at you. But I mean, that like, can that can be some that can be an advantage as well, knowing mm-hmm. that well when this guy when that corner is there, that's where always, he's going to be. He's not going to be over here when I snap the football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said that because as you've mentioned many times, that's one of the heaviest zone teams. But they're the line league. checks and things of that nature. Yeah. But they do. They do very few stunts. They do very little blitzing. Yeah, it's a lot of zone. It's a lot of too high. And, I mean, King, King would be able to tell uh, Pickett, like, look, the slot corner. We had like two plays where he actually comes off the, you know, mm-hmm. he, where he blitzes. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to expect that this week. Yeah, he might do it once, but he's not doing it a bunch of times. See, I'm thinking too. Green can tell his new line mates. Boy, Benton's got really heavy hands, or you know, Highsmith's get off is his best thing. You but know? those are things that even if you know it, you still have to stop it. And there's advanced scouts telling you. Yeah. It, but I think it's different coming from a player that can't, you know fought these guys every day. In camp. At the same time, those guys lining up against Kendrick Green, well, I know he can't handle this. Well, that's 100 percent true. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure Nico and Dell said, I remember beating King in practice with this, yeah. but there's not as big a body of work. And they may not be out there against him. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, I'm not cutting on Matt Canada, everyone will take that that way, but is there a run tell that the Steelers have that Green knows? Like, I know the Steelers never pull their guards. You know, I mean, they, they haven't, they don't pull their guards, so they haven't all year. Is there some reason that you could say, if you see a guard pull, this is going to happen? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, is there a couple things that Green would know that the opponent might not be able to find out on first blush? At the same time, and I've gotten caught up in this at times as a baseball coach, um, when you figure out a tell like that. Mm -hmm. Teddy KGB, man. You have to keep it to yourself. Sure. Because if the other team then knows you know the tell – Oh, absolutely. Then the pitcher all of a sudden, you know, if I'm, they figure out that you figured out their tell. Now he's going to do it on every pitch, or, the or he's going, or, or the, you know, he's going to do the opposite. And all of a sudden, your guys are standing there looking at fastballs down the middle because they were expecting a curveball. Yeah, like, oh, that's supposed to be a curveball, coach. You yeah. Me that if he and then you're standing there like, well, it was the first seven times he did it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they figured me out. Yeah. It's not. It's not a hundred percent. No, but it is interesting. I mean, especially being the defensive backfield and O line. 
because people don't look at those guys the same, but I think a lot of communication in those groups, they're both reactionary positions a high percentage of the time, that playing with that guy a lot is really helpful, that I think it is noteworthy to bring it up that the Steelers grabbed one and the Texans grabbed one. Yeah, and and the fact that it's a defensive back, King is a defensive back who played both outside and inside. I was thinking that too. He's played all over. Like, you got to kind of know the whole defense if mm-hmm. you're that guy. And he's been around the block long yeah. in green too. He's played more snaps in the league. So it's probably a little easier for him to verbalize mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, he's also going to tell his other corners – Hey, Tank Dell's speed is real. Yeah, you know, right. Know, those yeah, those yeah, things right. are yeah. Nico Nico reminds me of pick or Pickens yeah. in in practice. Don't get in jump ball situations with them or, or whatever. G- you know, jam his left shoulder. He has mm-hmm. trouble getting off the line if you jam the left shoulder, not the right. Not the right. <laughs> right. He's really strong here. Or you can you know guide him this way. Or boy, Robert Woods really sets that post route up extremely well. Yeah, yeah. it's Don't just fight. it's a different situation. Than if these guys had joined the team in the off season. Oh yeah, like like these. Th- it's not Isaac go, versus Eagles. You go all the way through training camp. Your checks and stuff are your checks mm-hmm. at that point. Now you may change them up now, a few weeks into the season. But all off season, this is what this is what we were doing. This is what our our emphasis was. This is what we wanted to do. I practiced against this guy a, a thousand times. You yeah. know, I had a thousand reps against him in the off season. It is what it is. I mean, it's very recent memory, right? Yeah. Again, it's not like picking up Solomalo and be like. So, in in that regard, again, that does give the Steelers a little bit of insight into the Texans, mm-hmm. who there isn't a big, you know, there's a, there's a lot of of game tape out there of them with Demeco yeah. Ryan's as head coach. No, I think you're right about that too, and maybe he has nothing bad to say, but I'm sure he has some opinion on Stroud. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's. Faced him in practice. What, a lot. Yeah. What 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 throws did he struggle with, or mm-hmm. what you know? What coverages did he what struggle did you, with? What did you see him having you know to learn? You know what what were what were his stumbling blocks, or what did your buddies in the receiver room say? Man, CJ can't get this, or wow, he's ahead of schedule on that. You know, I mean that, that kind of stuff's very valuable. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, if that plays a factor at all in this game, I mean, mm-hmm. we probably won't ever know. I would say it's a hard thing yeah. to figure out. I'm sure. Not that anybody's going to say, well, yeah. Maybe. I think, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to throw three touchdown passes. You go, well, Desmond King told me when <laughs> when they do this. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. But I do think, like, you probably treat Kendrick Green different. Like, yeah. I think you're going to be someone head up on him more than oh, most guards. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, guards don't get that treatment like centers do, but I bet he does. Yeah. I, bet, I mean, again, you know what he has struggled with throughout mm-hmm. his career. I'm not going to let him get to the second level. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm going to make sure uh, – maybe I even have a guy over top of him and then he doesn't rush him. I mean, and then Kendrick's standing there blocking air. And all yeah. the proof you need of that is the fullback stuff they did with him, they know what he's like in space. Yeah. <laughs> he's know? very good in space. He's really good in space and he can really run. Yeah. Don't let him get there. I mean, that's they know the book on him better than anybody. 100%. So I, that's just a little game within the game mm-hmm. that does uh, is, is that put very specific to this week. On, the, on King and Green. Interesting. Yeah. That's why you don't see a lot of that in – divisional stuff you don't see division opponent you don't Mm -hmm. see players switching division teams a lot i mean a real key is if you hired their linebacker coach to be your defensive coordinator yeah Yeah, i mean that kind of stuff is unbelievably valuable does you think that so ryan's comes from 49 the 49ers Mm -hmm. the 49ers are still running that same defense obviously sure 
I assume everything that he's doing defensively is what he did in San Francisco. Yeah, he just doesn't have Bosa and Warner. Yeah, he just doesn't have the the studs to do it with. Even their offenses, I mean, they they played a fullback like 50% of the snaps. That's a use check move. You just played San Francisco to open the season. You probably spent extra time in the offseason getting ready for San Francisco. They don't have the the same horses that San Francisco does. I mean, that should— But they have the same philosophy. Same philosophy, but not the same— not the I mean, players aren't good as good for the Steelers. Yeah, right? like this that should be a benefit to the Steelers. Yeah, we've already sort of game plan for this version, you know, and this is the and quite frankly didn't get to ball. use half the offense that you <laughs> that you planned for that game because you couldn't mm-hmm. get a first down on, uh, in the first half. So there's a, a lot there that they probably planned on using against the 49ers that they never got to. And then I know they didn't run the ball a lot against the Niners. Maybe this isn't the best example, but people don't look at run games. Run games are all are very, very much about angles. You know, like, boy, they love to have two, three techniques out there on, and not a nose on uh, second and long or third and medium. And we thought we could run power against that, but we still couldn't quite get the angle. Because, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he was, he was lined up six, you know, six, not six. Or his first running. step was quicker than we thought or mm-hmm. something like that. But we thought we could get the double on this guy, but the way they line him up, that's a harder block than we thought. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So little things like that that you learn. So again, the game within the game. Oh, coaches, coach against coaches. Yeah, you know. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we're going to get to another break. He is the Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. This is the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt, the Yin's Chats Regular Season Challenge is back each week. Answer Steelers trivia and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs, or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. Log into the Steelers mobile app now and play for a chance at this week's prize, which is a signed mini helmet by Pat Fryermuth. Very cool. Yeah. Cool to go to the draft, too. That would be very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the uh, question, and we've already jumped ahead on these, uh, the question for Saturday, LSU... Or Ole Miss, which school has produced more Steelers draft picks? Ooh, that's ever, a good one. Ever, ever, ever in the world? Yeah, ever. Certain good guard from LSU comes to mind. I don't have a clue on the answer on that one. I mean, I can name a few good players from both. I'm gonna go LSU. It's bigger, but okay. I always think they're tricking us. But I take the, <laughs> the other side. <laughs> it's pretty much how I got through college and high school. <laughs> Yeah, you like those multiple choice. Multiple choice is a lot better than fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> and then can I can I call for a uh, what would they call it a uh, lifeline? Yeah, a friend or can whatever. I get a yeah, lifeline? Yeah, exactly. That's why it was That's always my neighbor's paper at the desk. It was always that, important right? to figure out who the dumb person was around you, and then not cheat off of them. Not cheat off of them. Yeah. Or yeah. if ever you couldn't figure out who the dumb person was, the dumb person was you. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always a sucker at the poker table. If you've been spotted, them, go look in the mirror. Yeah, yeah right. I, had a, I don't know if you ever had any classes like these, but I had a, uh, it was a Greek classics class in college. Wow. And I love the Greek, I love the Greek and Roman classics. Okay, I, okay. I read all the, like all the stuff when I was a kid. I, so even before this you were in. Oh, I, yeah, I had okay. already read like the Iliad and the Odyssey, all that okay. stuff when I was a kid. Uh, so I, I didn't even have to study for this class. Oh, I bet that's Just like, killed it. Yeah. Um, But the teacher for the class, the professor was from, he, he had studied at Princeton. And I, I guess that when he went to Princeton, they were on the honor system. Mm. 
Okay. So he There's would no internet he, he would hand out a test and then leave the room. Wow. <laughs> and you didn't need the help. I didn't need the help, but everybody quickly figured out that I was the guy to go to in that class. But the cute girl next to you could. And so yeah. I'm buzzing through this. Test. Everybody else is standing up and looking around. And I'm oh, like, I'm sure. And I just, I, the honor system boom. is. Uh, <laughs> That's walking out a pretty thin level for a bunch of Pitt Johnstown folks. You know, this was right? a Pitt Titusville when okay. I was there. At Pitt, at Pitt Johnstown, when I, after I transferred there, I had a class. And this was uh, uh, Spanish literature. And I went to the first couple classes. This is my senior year, which I didn't go to any classes my senior year. They were all journalism they were all classes. Journal- yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for these Spanish lit classes. We never said anything about tests. Or anything like that. We just read the books and then talked about them. Okay. And so I just quit going to the class. Like we're never ha- we don't have any quizzes. We're not having any tests. So we get to be like a week you left. Read the books, right? yeah, yeah. A week left in the uh, in the semester, and there were four or five. There were only like seven or eight people in the class. Wow. So it was one of those classes. Yeah, yeah. There were some small ones at UP. And they were they were all people that I knew. Because I was a senior, I would imagine, yeah, they were upperclassmen, right? And so one of them, many of them, get known pretty quick. One of them asked at the end of the semester, the professor, "How, how are we going to be graded in this course? Because we haven't had any tests." And he said, "Well, my idea was I would just give everybody a B, <laughs> and if you think you deserve better than a B, come talk to me, and we'll 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 discuss it." Wow. They all showed up. I'm sitting back in my apartment. And a couple of my my roommates come back. They were in the class as well. Mm. And they're all just complaining like, I can't believe he's going to give us all, all Bs. You're going to get a B and you didn't even go you to class. I'm like, See, that would have been a godsend <laughs> for my my college experience. But I'm sure a large portion out there would be like, I would like to earn an A. You know, like I would have settled for B in I every class. I was perfectly happy to take the B. Oh, I would have too. <laughs> Especially in your situation too. Like. You didn't need to graduate. You knew you were in journalism. You're working with a paper. I, you know, I, right? I had, at that point, I was working for the student newspaper. Mm-hmm. I was a sports editor. I also worked for the Tribune Democrat, the newspaper in, in, in town in Johnstown, Johnstown yeah. which I was working like 20, 25 hours a week doing mm-hmm. that. Sometimes which like was, all night long. Which right? was more beneficial than any of the classes That's that I Spanish had. Spanish literature. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish literature. <laughs> right. Like, I, you know, so I mean, I was putting in more hours. I was putting in 40 plus hours a week. Doing journal- like a job. Doing journalism doing stuff. Journalism stuff. And all of, career, like right. all of my professors at the Tribune Democrat or all my professors were people that I worked with at the Tribune Democrat. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, I had a question that. about something, I'd just go go to the over to the night news desk and say, hey, there's my layout. She does a, yeah. she teaches layout and design. You see her um, at the coffee yeah. maker or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. So we talk about this stuff. They're like, I killed my journalism classes. I, I never had imagine. to go. <laughs> yeah. So the B in Spanish lit. I'll take to be in Spanish lit. I yeah. had well over a 3-0 my, my senior year in both semesters. I can imagine. I never, <laughs> never did. <laughs> but if I could have got a B layup, go oh, take oh, it. Oh, if, if I'd have known young Matt Williamson, then I said, take this Spanish lit class. Uh, 100%. And I was majoring in foosball at the time in the fraternity house. <laughs> it's pretty good at it, though. Uh, Matt, so we have a report from Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texas. Does a great job down there. Uh, for uh, Houston, I can't remember which outlet he works for. I think it's one of the TV stations. Yeah, now. he's been reporting good stuff. Though. But I've known Aaron. Aaron used to cover the Ravens back in the day. Um, so, Laramie Tunsil, Denzel Perryman, Tevier Thomas, and Josh Jones, all not practicing today, all expected to miss the game against the Steelers. That's their two 
That's the, the tackles two, are the key. Yeah. The the two guys who have played left tackle this year, and and if they had them both, Tunsil would be at left tackle and Jones would be at left guard. Mm-hmm. They're starting middle linebacker. Yeah, which if I were them, I'd rather play the young guys anyway, but he's there to be a leader. He's there to he's be a thumper and uh, yeah, help, yeah. help with their run right. stopping. And he's been in the league a while, and he's a quality player. And their nickel corner. They're starting nickel. Yeah. And you already know that um, the other cornerback, um, uh, Stingley's out. Stingley's out. He's, he's on IR. He got drafted for sauce, folks. Yeah. He's been, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yuck. I don't know if ever. Mike Pursuta called me today. He's like, can you tell me the history of this off uh, Houston O-line? And when we were done with the conversation, <laughs> he was like. He was more confused. Than- <laughs> it was. And he just went, wow. Like, I, I even people in. You know, in the media that know a lot like Mike does, I don't think realize how, the incredibly bad luck this team has had. They were trading for like, they they acquired like four guys right before the season started, including Kendrick Green, including Kendrick Green, because they needed them to start because they got hit so hard. Yeah. So, do we have five minutes? I can tell. Yeah, go ahead. Of the, of the Houston O line. Okay, so from left to right, Laramie Tunsil, everyone remembers the gas bong mask, blah, blah, blah. But he's very good. He's phenomenal. Yeah. And frankly, in that draft, or if he came out now, nobody cares about such things. But even in that draft, he might have been the best player in the entire draft. They might have cared about the stupidity of him. Well, yeah, <laughs> don't get caught. But anyway. On social media. <laughs> Trent Williams, who they faced in week one, is a better left tackle than Tunsil. That That's maybe the end of the list. If so, it's a very short list. And they gave him big money. Okay, we got a great left tackle. We're going to draft a quarterback. Okay, so their center position, Brandon Thorne, who does all the O-line stuff, said, and I don't disagree with him, he's like, their center position was the worst in the league last year, and I don't even know who 31 was. It was the worst center position in the league. So they brought in uh, Juice Juice Scruggs. Yeah, Juice Scruggs in the second round, which I thought they overdrafted him a bit. I thought he was more of a third, fourth rounder, but anyway. If you need one, you need one. They thought it was that dire of a situation. And then they draft the kid who's starting in this game in the sixth round. So they drafted two, one pretty darn high. Yeah. We're going to throw a lot of things at this problem. All right. And then Shaq Mason was a really good guard for the Patriots, went to the, the Bucks, played well for them, but the Bucks have obscene cap problems. So they got him in a trade for, like, next to nothing. Okay, well, that's three starters taken care of. Yeah. Your, your right tackle was a guy that you drafted in the first round a couple years ago, Titus Howard. Yes, who I yeah. also thought they overdrafted. But the way that worked, remember, Dillard went. Everyone thought they were going to take Dillard. just before they got Tunsil. And instead they took Howard from a small school. And he's worked out great at right tackle. They've extended him. Tremendous. Okay. And then last year, after taking Stingley at third overall, they take Kenyon Green, not Kendrick, the guard out of A&M. And he struggled a little as a rookie. But it sure looked like left to right. They had an offensive line you built. Had five yeah. legit dudes that are either first round picks or making you know. Major they were either, money they were either making big money or they were they were high draft pedigree like guys, first or, or second round guys, or a combination of both. Yeah, you know. And then Josh Jones, the guy they picked up. I know they picked him up because of the issues, but Josh Jones would start for a lot of teams. I mean, he was a. I don't know why the Cardinals got rid of him. I know he's a free agent after the year, and they must not be going to resign him. They drafted one in the first round, but he's played left tackle, he's played right tackle, he's played guard. So they bring him in to say he's going to be our sixth guy. You know, in case of injury, he'll. You know, and, and there were some injuries at that point. So they've invested obscene resources in this, and I'm not even account like Kendrick Green, who we know who he is. I mean, he probably shouldn't be starting, but he is by default, and. 
one of the guys that were that I just mentioned of their top six plays anymore, is actually on the field anymore. I mean, that's where they're at with their O line. Yeah. So I it's expect nuts. I expect the ball to come out of Stroud's hand very mm-hmm. quickly in this game. And I've praised Stroud, and I think he's handled pressure extremely well. But the pass rushes and defenses they faced aren't close to this, and they're in worse shape than they've been. Now, I mean, again, we said this yesterday. George Fant has played right tackle. He probably won't embarrass himself. He's got an awful matchup. But the left tackle I never heard of who's going to start in this game. So they're playing with their fourth and fifth best tackles. <laughs> you know. And, and a guard who wasn't on their roster to start the season, their second center. Uh, who's a six-round pick rookie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's Other than that, it's great. And got Mason. Yeah. And Mason's all right. It's like the exact opposite of what the Steelers' offensive line was a year ago. In terms of lock In terms of injury. And, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's unheard of. I mean, to be week three, because this was what happened to them last week, and then carry over to week four, and if not more, to get hit this hard. I mean, it's, it's a great plan. They it's kind it of the Steelers' offensive line from two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Except not as not as good except or steady. They, except they have more resources put into them than the Steelers did. Yeah. I mean, like, Tunsil's the second-highest-paid tackle in the league or something like that. You I get mean, a bunch of guys out there starting games. That, yeah. Three first-round picks. Aren't supposed to be starting games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what they're dealing with. I mean, you should really take advantage of that. And I, I expect the Steelers to do so. Me I mean, too. Me too. Um, but again, I would I – would, so if, if that's the case, Matt, would you, would you press the receivers a little bit more? And, and hope that your pass rush, yeah. he's going to get rid of the ball quickly. We're going to jump everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want a lot of bodies, you know, line of scrimmage. Yeah. I want to make him hold the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his first look is covered. Okay, now he's got to go to the second and bam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I they can't possibly be gaming up a high time to throw. I mean, I don't know how you, you – know, you, they got one arm tied behind their back with the pass again. Yeah, you know? which is probably a lot of the reason why they can't run the football at all. At all. Because everybody assume. I, I mean, I didn't notice it against Jacksonville mm-hmm. last week necessarily. But, again, you've got subpar offensive linemen out there. You're bad blocking and a lot of people near the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Not good. I mean, which I is, which is really what we saw, again, uh, in 2021. That's what I saw from the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, every time the ball was snapped, there were nine or ten guys within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And you're crushing They knew slants. the ball was coming out quick. Yeah. You're crushing <laughs> slants and quick yeah. hitters and bubbles and that kind of stuff, too. And. Sure, you can try to we'll slow down the rush with draws and screens, and <laughs> they take a while. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't care, you know. So maybe Tank Dell gets off a, a press and gets behind you for a big play, possibly, or Nico shrugs somebody off and has some big games. This is possibly. I just you I know, just think but, everybody's going to be near the line of scrimmage. You have Minka back mm-hmm. playing center field. He just field. cleans everything up. Yeah, and I assume they're. I think we talked about this earlier in the show. I can't remember, but they're fullback. Played 50% of the snaps last week, give or take. He's going to be in there all the time helping. The tight ends aren't going to be Which takes one of those routes. takes one of those receivers off the field. Yeah, I mean, their eligibles will probably be two- and three-man routes yeah. you know, a high percentage of the time. Trying to max protect mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So. I mean, so Schultz, the tight end, I assumed he had pass-blocked a lot because he played a lot of snaps, but he hasn't caught hardly anything. He really hadn't. I mean, he's just been running around, no one's throwing the ball. That might be an Ohio State thing because you think about it, Ohio State never throws their tight ends. Mm-hmm. And I also think just because the receivers keep getting better week after week that Nico had a big game, Dell had a big game, yeah. Woods has been steady. 
So maybe Schultz blocks more too. I, I don't know. I mean, every year when the, when we see these you know, looking at the draft stuff, and well, there's this, this tight end from Ohio State. He didn't catch any balls at Ohio State because <laughs> he ran a four six. But yeah, they yeah. got seven other guys that they want to get the ball to. Yeah, they'd rather throw it to Smith and Jigba. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Marvin Harrison. Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> uh, it could be. It absolutely could be. So he's just he's this tight end position. What is this again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's Schultz an extra offensive lineman, right? Then <laughs> they need it. I, mean, I don't think they have much choice. Yeah, uh, that's just... They actually play a lot of 22 personnel, too, which yeah. t- then takes t- two of their best offensive players off the field. 22 is two backs, two tight ends. Well, the second back and the tight ends aren't great. I mean, But if you have to help the line that much... But they want the they want to run the football. Oh, they definitely want to. I mean, They, they just can't again. run they the football. Can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's step one of a 10-step plan in terms of building the Texans. Yeah. And it's Maybe just it's not there, two, and that's know, about right. as bad of an injury report. Horrible, as you could you could find, especially just, mixed with who's on IR already. Yeah, you know, it's just Br- awful. Yeah, brutal, brutal for a young team that, well, and the, the quarterback's kind of overcoming it. I mean, it's I'm shocked that he hasn't Derek Carded by now, you know, or David Carded by now. He might be due. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah, he might be due to have uh, one of those rookie moments. And mm-hmm. might I mention again, Mike Tomlin twenty four and four against rookie quarterbacks in his tenure. Yep, yep, yep. That's, yeah, I'm sure uh, he'll make it tough on him. Yeah, 100%. We're going to get to another break. He is the Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Coming up next, Matt, oh. we pick our DFS <laughs> lineup. Something you guys all want to be on, <laughs> hanging around for, apparently. Yeah, we're going to trick you this week. We'll do that right after this on The Drive. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 